Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Evolutionary Underground, episode 33 coming your way. Today we're going to talk about Prima Bowling and Winstrol to shred with GP Janeza Pharma. This is going to be a really fun podcast. If you've ever wanted to shred down, um, we're going to talk about shredding a little bit. We're going to talk about Geneza Pharma, of course, tell you the brand features. Um, we're going to talk about Primo Winstrol, tell you a little bit about their history, you know, how guys in, in over, over time have used them to their advantage. And then we're going to talk about stacking them with other steroids for shredding down. Um, And then we're going to give you some tips and tricks that you can use on your shredding cycle to get the most out of it. So really, this is going to be, this is going to be a great podcast uh, for, for shredding. And I'm really, really excited to, uh, to get it done. So let's first talk about Geneza Pharma a little bit. Uh, Geneza Pharma, they're one of the top brands in the world. And you can find them on different source as resell websites, you can come on the forum. A lot of guys in the comments section on different social media keep asking, where can I get it? Where can I get it? Guys, come on the forum and we'll help you find uh, sources that carry Geneza Pharma, legitimate sources that carry a real Geneza Pharma. Because like all, all brands out there, you know, people try to copy them, people try to rip them off and stuff. So you want to make sure you get the legitimate Geneza Pharmaceutical. And come on the forum and we'll show you how to get it. But if you get the legit GP brand, Geneza Pharma, you can be rest assured that you're getting the quality Primo and quality Winstrol. Now, why is that important? I'm going to tell you why. Mobster and I, we got into this industry around a time where it was a hell of a lot easier to rip people off. It was a hell of a lot easier to have um, to do that because back then it was hard to get things tested. Now, with a little bit of money, you could send the gear off to be independently tested without the brand knowing, without the source knowing, to see, are they selling me the real stuff or not? Back when Mobster and I first started, and I've been a victim of this myself, you'd buy Prima Bowling online, spend a lot of money on Prima Bowling. But what sources would do is they would send you something else. Um, the big thing was sending you DECA instead of Primo or sending you very underdose Primo. And that was very, very common. Today, it's not easy anymore to rip people off. As I said, we can get this stuff tested. Don't use those stupid lab kits that they sell online. Those are inaccurate themselves. But what you could do is get the stuff tested, sent off and tested. Geneza Pharma does that for you already. They send their stuff off, get it tested, make sure that it's quality before they even sell it in the first place. So that's what I like about Geneza Pharma. So when you buy the Primo Bolin from them, when you buy the Winstrol from them, you know you're getting Primo Bolin and Winstrol. You're not getting DECA. You're not getting Debo. You're not getting something else. All right. And that's really, really important for someone like me who was a victim of that. Um, I once spent $1,200 and invested a lot of time in a Prima Bowling cycle. And I'm eight weeks into the cycle and something is wrong. It's just not good, you know? And I come to realize this Prima Bowling that I was using all along was fake. And it really pissed me off, you know? And it's a shame. And a lot of people over the years, Mobster, they've used Prima Bowling. And they've said, oh, Primo sucks. Primo doesn't doesn't do a good job for me. But the reason they said that in the first place is because guess what? They were using fake or underdose Primo all along. So they have this misconception that Primo isn't a good steroid. But if you get Geneza Pharma Primo, that's going to be the Primo that's going to show you how good of a steroid Primo Bolin is. And look, the bottom line is, you know, Primo Bolin, it's one of those steroids. We're going to talk a little bit about it in the history, but it was a very important steroid during the golden age of bodybuilding throughout the 70s. And we're going to talk about that shortly. 
But look, at the end of the day, Genesis of Pharma, if you don't know what you're putting in your body, you don't have that confidence, then it really, really sucks because you go to the gym, you bust your ass. How many times you get in your car, you're like, man, I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm tired. I didn't sleep good last night, whatever. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go anyway because I'm on cycle. I want to get the most on my cycle. But it sucks to use steroids and then find out, yeah, uh, you know, this stuff that I'm putting in my body is fake or who knows what it is. So that's why for me, Mobster Geneza Pharma is such an important brand for me to use because I know when I get Geneza Pharma, I know that I'm getting quality. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing, Steve, right? So I would say, and I'm just going to talk about myself just for a second here. I wasn't familiar with all of the brands. And in fact, I've said this on the forums where sometimes for me, if a product's effective, it doesn't matter what brand it comes from. But at some point that that becomes untrue. So what do you see, guys? Right, All of us want a reliable source. All of us want products that work. And what happens over time is you get to see the same names coming up again and again and again as a solid source. And Genezra is, is it, in its own way, Steve, he was doing that already. And I would actually say that it's growing in that particular regards. I'm seeing more and more people come on on, on the Genezra train. Uh, literally, you go from, I can think of a couple of other names, and I'm not going to mention them, that were super popular some years ago. They've almost fallen out of favour because there were so many copies or versions thereof, and you didn't know if he was getting a real deal or not. Genezra, for me... When I look around at what people say and the reviews it gets and the popularity and whether a product works or not is a growing brand in that particular regards. It was already a name. It was already respected, but it's growing. Here's the thing again, guys, and it's one of those little truths uh, that people don't like to discuss, okay? So you can go on any forum that talks about PEDs on the internet. I mean, there are hundreds, Right? And each and every one of those forums will have their own sponsors and their own kind of like favorites and whatever else. What is interesting for me, and I'm thinking of Geneza again in this particular way, Steve, is that you get to see some that are across multiple platforms, multiple forums. It doesn't matter that, oh, we've got this favorite, or we've got this sponsor, and this is the one that's helping us keep the forum going or whatever else. When you start to see names that are across all those forums, all those platforms, that's when a name has become something special. That's when a brand is recognized by the end user. It doesn't matter. We know that there's this other brand that's fucking great, and we know that this is sponsors of form. Whatever, whatever. Okay. Geneza is a brand that crosses all of those lines. It's right up there. I'm going to say top three, top four in the world that we could talk about when it comes to pharmaceutical, specifically steroids, as we're talking about today, performance enhancing drugs. And it's going all over the place. It, it, and, and in fact, arguably, the recognition's getting better, Steve. I mean, guys, very easy to check this kind of stuff out. Let me talk about also um, something that Steve just said. Right. So we know for a fact, and again, I'm not going to name this particular person, and, and, and this is a commonality as well, and it comes from different forums over the years. I'm thinking back 15 or 20 years ago, Steve, where buddies of mine, I wasn't actually involved, but I was invited, uh, got together collectively, put some money in the pot, so to speak, and would take samples, random samples, test buys of different UK companies at that particular time, UK suppliers, and had the products tested, literally sent off to a lab for independent testing. Okay, Now, that was kind of expensive, hence the group collective doing it. It's got a little bit cheaper, all things considered, and in fact, arguably steroids have crazy great prices now compared to where they were 15 or 20 years ago on a, on a, on a cost value. We are spending a lot more money on bills and gas and cars and energy stuff and all that kind of stuff. But PEDs have actually kind of held their prices. And so you're actually getting bargains when you think about it. And the deals that are available, crazy. What it means is it's a lot easier for an individual member of a forum. And we've got one specifically on our Evo family that has gone out of his own way using his own money, not collectively or nothing like that, and had products tested. Then you're always going to have someone out there that's like that. That's great. We actually like the fact that there's someone that is doing it of their own back, with no pressure, no sort of forum involvement, whatever, and spent their own money, their own bucks, and had 
multiple sponsor products tested, and that includes Geneza. And all of the sponsors, and specifically Geneza, were high on the dosing. They were within a few percent of where exactly where they should be. I don't think a single one failed of any of our approved sources, but Geneza struck my mind. I will also agree with one thing that Steve said as well. And I'm thinking in particular of the home quote unquote test product that Steve touched upon. At best, it will either tell you if an ingredient is included or not included. It will give you no idea of the dosing. It, if it's only testing for one thing because the tests are different for something else, it won't tell you for something else in there and so on and so forth. So it's at best a ticking box, Steve. It's an okay, it contains anavar. It's okay, it contains winstrol, but it won't tell you if it's the right dose or within a reasonable amount. It won't tell you if there's anything else in there that's mixed it, it's a blend, it shouldn't be a blend. So, so in that particular way, Steve, you'd end up spending a lot of money and doing multiple tests on a single product, where in reality, and, and we're not talking about easy money, it's sensible money now to be able to take a product, take that vial, get it sent to you, don't tell the company you're doing a test order and send it off. And Geneza is coming back good to go. That's exactly the kind of stuff we like. The guys, there's always going to be stuff in the marketplace, in the supermarket, or whatever else, that's a go-to product. Because you like the taste, you like how it works, it does exactly what it says in the tin. Geneza, for me, is becoming that kind of brand, even for me, Steve. And I've, I'm familiar with it, as you are. And I'm also, uh, and I will say this, echo something Steve said again, I've been doing this long enough now that I can definitely say that I've had products that didn't work or didn't work for me, and I know they work for other people, and so on and so forth. So again, that's a specific to us and our own unique experience. But guys, come on the forums and just put Geneza into the search and see the number of feedbacks coming. I don't think I've seen a single negative one, Steve, not one. And that's exactly the kind of product, brand, the, the, the history, uh, being comfortable, and, and knowing that what you're, you're getting exactly what you want, great price and effective, Steve. Let's get into the next topic. What is shredding? So, you know, everybody out there, you know, either they go, you know, they're motivated to use steroids. A lot of people might be saying, you know what? I want to use steroids to get strong. I want to, I want to use steroids to build mass, muscle mass. I want to build steroids to be bigger, to look bigger in a shirt, look bigger in a suit, uh, to get my legs up. I've got, you know, my, my legs are lagging. My upper body's lagging. My arms are lagging, whatever. And then there's the people who want to use steroids to shred, to cut, to get absolutely shredded. And that is the look that a lot of people out there, mobster, they strive for. And there's nothing better than, you know, taking off your shirt at the beach and having like an eight, a six pack, an eight pack and being shredded. And having your veins popping out of your body and having big muscle mass being shredded. I think that's that's ideal. Like, there's an old saying, monster. Abs aren't impressive on a skinny dude. Yeah. You know, and it's different, <laughs> there's different kind of ways, you know, people have ex extrapolated that over the years. But look, at the end of the day, we want to be muscular, but we also want to have an abs. That is the definition to me of being shredded. We want to have the vascularity. We want one of the. So to me, getting to that point and pushing ourselves to that point, that's why we're doing this podcast today. We're going to talk about the Primo. We're going to talk about the Winstrol. These are yeah. great for helping you achieve that. And, you know, at the end of the day, shredding is something, it's a war, especially in America. Not as much in Europe. A lot of the ingredients in our foods in America are banned in Europe. Example, you know, some of these refined oils, um, bleached products are, yeah. banned, are banned in the EU. Yeah. yeah. But they're legal in America. If you go to the supermarket, half the bread or the majority of the bread is bleached. And we know that bleaching bread is going to not help you become shredded. So, no. look, at the end of the day, it's hard in America. America, in fact, I've seen the statistics. I keep up with the data. I'm one of these data nerds. But I keep up with the data. 
The United States is either number one or number two in the world when it comes to obesity. As long, if you take out the Samoan Islands, okay, collectively, take out the Samoan Islands, because they're obviously the most obese. Um, and maybe we'll do a podcast on why that is in the future. But if you take out all the Samoan Islands, the United States is either number one or number two, right along with Kuwait and some of these other small Middle Eastern countries where you've got businessmen making six figures a year who do nothing but eat steak dinners and, you know, indulge in sweets on a day-to-day basis, you know, because what else do you have to do living in a desert except to eat? But in America, we have access to tons of quality food, but we shun those foods and go for the shitty foods. So at the end of the day, in America, it's hard to be shredded, mobster. are very, very, very hard. Because anything yeah. you put in your body from a restaurant, from a supermarket, anything is going to go against that. So, you know, that's why that, that to me, the hardest thing about being shredded is avoiding those foods. And we want to get there. So anyone who's shredded in America, it's a huge, huge thing, especially past 30 or 40 years old being shredded. That's a complete war. So these steroids will help you, will help you achieve that. And um, that's what it's all about. So, Mom, so talk about what is shredding to you. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let me cover this in a particular... I'm going to give you a few different references here, right? Guys, listen. I'm the size of a fucking house, a brick outhouse, as one of the sounds in Steve. So when I'm a weightlifter, I'm a strength athlete, okay? But I'm definitely a fan of bodybuilding. I've been collecting bodybuilding magazines and videos and DVDs and God knows where, oh, Steve, since 1980. And just this morning, I had a bunch of stuff from... Iron Man from 1960, uh, three or four issues came this morning, right? So I, I can talk about the Iron Game history. The reality of the situation is, guys, we've done bulking podcasts. We've done New Year's resolution podcasts. This is a shredder. Why is it a shredder? And why are we doing it right now? Because the winter is nearly over. So you've got no excuse to be covered up. And you're a bodybuilder. You're listening to this podcast. You want to look fucking amazing. It's all well and good, as I might argue for myself, being the size of a house in a hoodie and tramping around the gym with my weightlifting belt on the money wraps, my wrist wraps, and all that shit, and pushing up the big numbers. But for the rest of the listeners, and I think especially the younger guys, you want to impress. You want people to see what you've been working on all goddamn winter. You want When you start to cover up in the autumn, no one gets to see your abs and your lines on your pecs and your fucking head on... The lines on the outside head of your triceps. It's all covered up. It's too fucking goddamn cold. Well, that, that time is over now, motherfucker. It's now time to get in shape. And in shape means shredded. And really shredded, Steve, is just... A, 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 you occasionally see people that are the outer limits of shredded. The the lows, two, three, four, five percent kind of body fat stuff. That stuff is freaky. But here's the thing, and I will agree with Steve on this. To get truly shredded, or even just shredded, shredded, normal shredded, abs are popping out ahead of the tricep there, but maybe not lines on it, whatever. It's hard. And it's hard culturally, Steve. The Samoan thing is a cultural thing because historically, if you were big, you were rich because you could afford to eat loads of food. And it became a thing that was attractive. It probably wasn't like that historically a few hundred years ago. They're probably all skinny motherfuckers. They just grew over time, and it became a cultural thing. In America, as Steve says, and to a lesser degree, Europe, although we are fast catching up, Steve, trust me, the issue is thus. Cheap food, if you look at ingredients, and I've actually done this as a thing in terms of advising people when I was doing voluntary youth work. I put my name down for some scheme, but I'd actually walk around supermarkets and help people read labels. I've looked into this stuff, Stephen. For example, ready meals are full of glucose syrup. A fucking syrup, which is essentially a sugar, in this particular case, in a meat and vegetable dish, dish to sweeten it. Steve's talked about, and this is a very cultural thing in America, and again, to a lesser degree here, though, again, we're catching up, same thing again, Steve, with the whole takeout, going out for food rather than sitting down and cooking an evening meal. It's definitely a big deal in America. And the other thing you had in America, even when I was a young man, late teens, early 20s, was this idea that uh, if you went for a meal in an American restaurant, they went out of their way to make you feel that you had value for money. So you couldn't eat the goddamn amount of food that was on the table. And this is when people were a lot leaner than they are now. 
So you literally had this meal and there was so much food put there. You didn't want to waste it. You didn't want to bid it. So you did the doggy bag thing, which meant you were taking that stuff home. Over time, we've become greedy motherfuckers. And I'm no different, Steve. So we fucking eat all that food. So we're bigger, but we're not necessarily more muscular, which means we're getting fatter. So the obesity epidemic is horrendous. And that means if you want to shred, it's hard. It's hard. It, people are, and this is how stupid this shit can be, but I want the listeners to realize that we're going to give you advice. We're going to talk about Geneza today and products from Geneza that can help you. You have to overcome the specific difficulty. There is a some time, and it's a really annoying ambiguity. People want you to be healthy. They want you to look good, but they sometimes make it difficult for you. And this is just family and friends who love you. You go out for a meal. Why are you eating the salad? Why are you only having the chicken breast? Why aren't you having the sauce? And just because they feel guilty about eating shit. That's their journey, not your journey. You're here today listening to this podcast because you want to look good. You want to be ripped. And come the summer, I, and we get this on the forum, Steve, I don't want no one panicking with six weeks to go for a wedding or for the beach or whatever else. You motherfuckers that listen to this podcast right now are going to be getting in shape from today. When this podcast goes live, right the way up to the summer. So when the beach comes, you're going to be the motherfucker with the veins on your lower abs going into your groin, with those abs are popping, with the tiniest hint of serratus, those little rib rib muscles, the intercostals and serratus there, Steve, turn in your lats. They're going to be like, oh, he's got fucking delt head popping. I can see out of shape on the fucking tricep. Is that a split down the front of that bicep? Motherfucker is lean. And that's how shredded it is. But the reality is, Steve, it's just about looking good. Why cover up all winter long and then not let see people the results of your goddamn hard work? So we're going to cover today that. Now, truly shredded, and I'm thinking of a couple of guys that took it too far, whatever. When you see the eight-pack, which is incredibly rare, abs, even the six-pack is reasonably rare, Steve. When you see the fucking people walking, and I've had this because I've been super lean way back in the day, when you've got the quad muscles all separated and stuff like that on a flex. Again, guys, you are working your asses off all winter long, all year long, but especially winter long, getting the bulk, getting bigger, getting stronger, getting more muscular underneath that layer of fat. Now we're ready to strip that away. Spring has come, come in, Steve. The birds are starting to sing, and I mean both kinds of birds. We want to look good, and it's going to be T-shirts and short weather before you know it. Global warming, bring it on, Steve. Let's look good for the spring. Let's look good for the summer. Let's get shredded. Yeah, and very important to get shredded, Monster, is the next topic. We're talking about Primo. We're talking about Winstrol. So these are going to help you get shredded. Um, so let's talk about uh, Primo a little bit, Mobster. I'll bring you in actually really quick because I know you love bodybuilding history. But during the body by, by during the golden age of bodybuilding, back in your day, Mobster yeah. being a boomer, yeah, they love Primo. And Arnold Big has, um, you know, Arnold, you know, he used to pin 100 milligrams of Primo a day, even though it's an N-date ester. He used to pin 100 milligrams a day. Because it was one cc and that's what geneza pharma they have the primo bowling uh and they sell it as gp primo 100 and it comes in 100 milligram a milliliter but instead of amps it comes in a vial so it's actually easier because you don't have to worry about breaking open the vial every day yeah. it. so you can you got a couple of options here you can you can do the prima the, they call it the prima prima bowling you can do this you do a couple cc's you know, twice a week and get 400. You could do one cc a day, do it do it the way Arnold did it. Just do one cc a day. You can mix it with another oil. We're going to talk about stacks um, also in the next segment. But yep. I wanted to bring in Mobster, though, right away. Talk a little bit about Primo Bowl and how important it was back in the 70s, especially early 80s, when these guys, you know, like Arnold, Frank Zane, et cetera, et cetera, they had that certain physique, not that monster physique that we started seeing during the late 80s, 90s, and of course, up till now with these absolute alien-like um, physiques. I'm talking about that nice physique, basically the physique women, you know, who are straight are attracted to, not when I show, you know, a girlfriend a picture 
of Big Rami, she looks at it and she's like, that's that's altered. That's not a real thing. Or she's just like, I can't even look at it. I can't. I can't even look at it. Steve, to be fair, even back in the day, that what we what we kind of find of acceptable now, this is how weird the history is. History's fucked up. What back in the day, the main reason, and I'll use I'll use the uh, term pulling. The main reason Arnold pulled back in the day is because of his personality more than his physique. The physique was another part. The physique got people to come and stare and say hello. And then he was the whole hi, how are you, and all the rest of that super confident uber mouth thing going on, right? What 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 was weird, and this is a historical sort of uh, uh, a slant, was that what we now consider to be freakish would be the three hundred pounders, the super ripped, occasionally super ripped. Oh my god, are those thirty six inch quads? Would be rare as head teeth back in the day. So Arnold's era of physique now would be considered attractive. For example, it's precisely why we have the classic physique division in bodybuilding because the, the Arnold actually stood up and said, you know, enough of the crazy stuff. Why We need to see more people with vacuums. We need to see stomachs tighter and so on because people were doing the whole pregnant belly thing. So that calmed the fuck down. The classic division is actually growing exponentially. We know that Chris Bumstead has probably got the most followers of any top professional bodybuilding athlete right now, 15 million plus the last time I heard a number, which is actually with the exception possibly of Arnold as a, a as a personality and an actor and a politician, certainly in terms of modern bodybuilding, Chris has got the biggest numbers and he's from the classic physique division. So here's the thing, right? Uh, there are a million videos arguing about Arnold era cycles and specifically what Arnold used to take. I don't think a single one disagrees with the idea that they were doing Debo and Primo. There was a couple of other bits and pieces out there. One thing that Steve said on other shows is that the forms of testosterone that we're used to now, and which arguably people talk about forming the base of a stack, wasn't really available. And the other thing that wasn't really available was what AIs in the way that we understand them to be now. So guys were doing different things. The dosages were a lot less. But even again, Arnold's the, the story behind Arnold again is what? That Arnold was taking a little bit more than everybody else. You hear different numbers, but it was always going to be a little bit more than everybody else. That's also down to people, of course, thinking the only reason that Arnold was winning is he's taking more drugs. And that's out of modern bodybuilders. But here's the thing, right? Think of it now, Steve, that you don't get in this day and age, which is a great shame. There's plenty of collaborations and lots of videos of guys training together. Half the time they've had to come halfway across the country to hit the gym, halfway across the world sometimes, Steve, to hit the gym together, put together a video, sponsor deal, whatever, in order to train. And we enjoyed his videos. Back in the day, they were all in the same fucking place. They were all within a couple of miles of Venice Beach. They all kind of trained together more or less at the same time. The Pumping Iron video specifically shows Gold's Gym with a big old piece of whatever it is up on the wall and the number of days left at Olympia. And the gym is rammed with all the top professionals. There's probably 25, 30 pros in one fucking gym all at the same time. That doesn't happen anymore. They would go to the beach together and tan and talk to the girls. They would go for food together and eat and talk to the girls. And they were kind of collectively around each other all the time. So the information was shared amongst themselves. These conversations, no doubt off camera, of course. And we were hearing hints of this stuff in the magazines. I would argue, as we say, looking back through, through perhaps the old rose-tinted spectacles, that the physiques then were more attainable. If you're living in Venice, if you're living in California, relatively warm all year, certainly compared to some parts of America, and definitely compared to some places in the world. So you kind of stayed in shape all the fucking time. No one was roping around with their bellies hanging out. You might be a little bit more bulked in the off-season, Steve. You might be a little bit stronger in the off-season, but you were still wearing T-shirts and shorts. Half the guys are fucking topless. It's just shorts or posing patches or whatever in, 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 the, in the Pumping Iron video. So all those physiques are on display. And you, here's the thing that was interesting as well, especially when it comes to shredding. Your competition is across the gym from you, and I can see his abs from over here. I, and I'm, I'm on the beach with that motherfucker, and I can see his abs on the beach. The, the, the implication of that, Steve, is you had to stay in shape. 
And no one really, when it comes to PEDs, with maybe one or two exceptions, was doing crazy shit. So you're all probably getting the same source. In fact, I've even touched on this when we did a historical podcast before, saying that the rumours had it that there was one particular doctor not too far from Venice Beach, just down the road, in fact, from Gold's Gym, where everybody went and got their scripts and got their injections and got their tablets. So not, they were getting pharmaceutical prescribed medication with the doctor, keeping an eye on their bloods and making sure that they're okay, looking at the skin, seeing if there's any jaundice issues and all this kind of shit. But the main implication when it comes to the training and specifically shredding, Steve, is that your best competition in the whole fucking world is right there with you at the dinner table, with you on the beach and with you in the gym. You had to look good. You had to stay in shape. One of the things that's slightly lost, and I'm thinking specifically of the typical gym user of the day, is, and, 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 and this think about it, listener, in this particular way. I get it. Social media influences and whatever else. A lot of you don't talk to your buddies at the gym. Don't talk to your training fingers. Don't get involved in what other people are doing or whatever else. And I understand it. Big city stuff. Lots of people around. You want a little bit of space yourself to go to the gym and train and do your own shit. But here's the thing. You want to look good. You want to kick ass on the beach. You want to be the man with the six pack, looking ripped, looking fucking crazy. The guys back in the day were around that all the goddamn time, and it had to have an influence. So the idea of this stuff and this history is that you take certain lessons from history. So the lesson for the day is thus. Be influenced, be motivated, be driven by what your competition is doing. Take those 70s bodybuilders, and you can argue guys back and forth, as I'm sure people will, which is the best era for bodybuilding. But the element of pleasant, friendly rivalry was a great driver from that time. Now, the stacks, and I'll let Steve back in for this one, because we talked about this in terms of the lack of testosterone, were quite simple. The, 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 we've argued, Steve, on the historical stuff that we've done about the doses of Debo. They weren't crazy. It was fives and tens before it became 15s and 20s and so on. Testosterone was essentially unavailable or, or, or not really known or there's only a few guys using it. No AIs like I've touched upon before. So pretty much the, the number one and the number two is Primo and Debo. A Debo, the Boca and Primo, the Shaper. I mean, so talk about from what we've talked about there, Steve, the dosaging and the fact of the lack of testosterone, which I know you've touched upon. Yeah, and, you know, there's been talk, if you're taking 100 milligrams a day or just about every day, you're going to be, you know, somewhere around the 700 milligram a week mark, maybe 600, maybe 500 if you miss a day or two. Um, they understood, the smart guys like Arnold understood Primo was a long ester, was an NFA ester. So you didn't have to take it every day. You really only had to take it every 10 days, even every 14 days, technically. But obviously, if you're going to take it every, once, let's say you take it once a week, are you going to load up seven mLs of this stuff and take it all at once? No. So they would they would kind of spread out the dose. Now, you know, with Geneza Pharma, they've done a really good job of also cutting down on post-injection pain with their gear. And that's very, very important. That's a good that's a good brand that they're able to kind of take the edge off. So what you can do with this Primo is you can you can take two cc's of this in an injection. It's not gonna be that bad. I've used the bare primo, okay? And this stuff is like motor oil. And you pin it, and I was on the ground in pain as soon as I pinned it. Even when I tried to mix it, I tried to heat it up. I tried to take it after a hot shower. I tried everything. Stuff was absolutely horrible. And you'd be in pain for three or four days from soreness. So I'd have to work my training around the injection. So it really, really sucked. But the GP Prima, this stuff, they really do a good job of taking the edge off. So it's not that bad at all and you can always just mix it to, to take the edge off even more so um basically with this dosage monster um you know typical dosage is a prima bolin anywhere from 300 up to 600 milligrams a week yeah. would be how, how much you would use now when it comes to stacking yeah we're gonna get into stacking in a little bit um but i think mobster covered a lot when it comes to primo's history so let's talk a little bit about 
Winstrol. And look, Winstrol. Can I just jump in for one second here? Sorry, I'm just thinking about one more thing as well when it comes to Primo, and then we'll go straight on the Winstrol. When you're shredding, guys, there's a thing that sometimes we lose a certain amount of muscle tissue. And I'm going to say that that's a given. But what we're trying to do, and this is another reason why we use PEDs, is to hold on to as much muscle as possible. This is a lot of back and forth over whether or not Primo is a strong drug. Does it do this? Does it do that? I'm going to, the one thing I want to say here, Steve, is that when you're using Primo, you are trying to, as best as possible, and specifically, of course, with Winstrol today, Winstrol is way more of a cutter, I'm going to argue. Primo, for me, in this regard, Steve, is holding on to the muscle tissue while you diet. You do your cardio, you do your diet, you're killing it in the gym, you're trying to keep as much of that lean muscle tissue as you had. So is it a bulker? No, not really. Is it a strength drug? No, not really. And a lot of people argue about how weak it is. But I'm thinking here, Steve, it's keeping, it's anti-catabolic. Not really going to, especially when you're cutting, you're not really, you're not looking to grow. That's the old recomposition. You're looking to keep the muscle tissue that you've worked hard all winter long on your body while using the wind stroll to aid the cutting, while using the cardio and the diet to aid the cutting. So yeah, now talk about wind stroll, Steve. So Genesla Pharma has three different types of wind stroll. They have a, it's called GP Stan, as in Stanozole, 10, which is wind stroll tabs. And it comes with 10 milligram tabs each. So this is good for females. If females want to uh, mess around with stroll, they can do five or 10 milligrams. So that would work. Um, or if you're a person you like to split up your dosages, you don't want to use a pill cutter, that's fine. They have a GP stand 50 milligram tabs. Yep. This is for people who are trying to, who want to you know, run more of a heavier dosage. Competitors, they'll run Winstrol going into a competition, two, three, four weeks going into the competition. They'll run it on 100 milligrams. So they'll get this and they'll get, they'll take two tabs a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. That gives them 100 milligrams. That's a hefty dose. And then they have the GP Stand 50 injectable. Now, with the injectable, you can drink it. Uh, yep. Winstrol is one of those that you can drink. It's still going to be liver toxic. If you do decide to inject it, it's still going to be uh, very liver toxic. That's the one thing about Winstrol that separates it from Primo. Now, they're both DHT derivatives, dihydrotestosterone derivatives. They have a, they're structurally done that way. And part of being ripped is not having the water retention. So neither one of these steroids, you see, are going to aromatize into estrogen and cause water retention and cause bloat. Now, if you stack a bunch of testosterone with them, the testosterone will aromatize. So anyone who's ever used Primo or Winstrol, and they're like, well, I still bloated on that, Steve. Uh, you're wrong. I still bloated on them. And then I asked them, like, were you using testosterone? They're like, yeah. I'm like, how much testosterone are you using? 500 milligrams. Okay. We're using an AI. No, I wasn't. Okay, well, that's why you bloated. <laughs> so I mean, you know, so these aren't these aren't these do have anti-estrogen properties, but not yes. when you're running 500 or 750 or 1,000 milligrams of testosterone. So keep that in mind. If you want to shred, um, you'd be surprised how many people out there they consistently think I have to run testosterone. I'm a sucker. I have to run testosterone. But you know what? I bloat on testosterone. Then why are you running testosterone? Well, it's because I need it as my base. No, you don't. You don't need it as your base. So with both Winstrol and Primo, you can run them by themselves. Again, back in the 70s, as Mobster mentioned, they didn't run Primo with testosterone. They ran the Primo to cut down. The whole idea was it does not aromatize into estrogen in the first place. So why would you add something that aromatizes into estrogen? And then you'll have people come back and say, oh, Steve, you need estrogen. Guys, you're running these cycles. You are fine, okay? You will be fine on a cycle, okay? It's not like you're running this for the next five years here, okay? You will be fine doing a 12-week cycle without, you know, with having your estrogen down a little bit, okay? That's the idea of, remember, we're trying to get shredded. Yes. Another thing with Winstrom before I bring you in, Monster, is it dries the shit out of your joints. More than Primo, even though both, they're both DHT derivatives, Structurally, they're very similar in some ways, but Winstrol is structured a little bit differently where it really will dry your joints. Even for someone like me who has shorter limbs, 
I'm I'm more Mediterranean genetics. I'm not Northern European with long, lanky limbs where I can stand up and scratch my knees like many <laughs> other people, mobster. I have shorter limbs, okay? And when you have shorter limbs, you're less prone in most situations to joint issues. Like I don't have knee issues. I don't have elbow issues. People with shorter joints tend to have more ankle and feet issues, you know, shin issues, stuff like that. But anyway, long story short, I'm not prone to joint issues because of that. Okay. You get a long, lanky guy who's six foot six with long, lanky limbs, they're always going to be bitching, oh, I can't squat. My knees hurt because you have such long limbs. It puts a lot of pressure on those joints. So, someone like that, when they want rinse it's going to not be a good situation. So, if you have existing joint issues, keep that in mind. Even with me, as someone without joint issues, both genetically and my history, I even experienced joint issues on Winstroll. And it's kind of interesting, like you'd bend your elbow. I bend my elbow on Winstroll. I could feel yeah, my it's really weird. I could feel like it's a rubber band stretching because it dries out your joints so much. And so you want to keep that in mind when you're on Winstroll. It can open you up to joint issues and injuries from that. So just bear that in mind when you're shredding. If you like to do a lot of cardio, then Winstroll is going to negatively affect your cardio because if you're getting pumps and you're getting joint issues, obviously that's going to negatively affect your cardio in that aspect. So it's a little bit of a more potent steroid than people are led to believe. Go ahead, Mobster. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of a, a few pointers here, Steve, and making notes as you were talking. Right, so when we discuss PEDs on the forums, there tends to be a desire to want things to be black and white. I want this specifically to work this particular way, and this is the result that I want when I do it in this particular way. And the reality is, as Steve said, people forget to mention that they were using testosterone. Oh, I don't use an AI because I don't want to inhibit my games. Oh, you need to have a certain amount of estrogen. Oh, you mustn't crush estrogen. Okay, guys, listen, there's no such fucking thing as truly black and white because we're all individuals. And for example, Steve, one of the notes I made, he was, and it's specifically thinking about estrogen, et cetera, et cetera, regardless of what you're on. Don't be crazy fat to begin with. If you're 100 pounds overweight, and I mean it's 100 pounds of fat, your belly is overhanging your belt buckle, have a fucking Winstrol and, <laughs> and Primo is not going to do shit. You need to be eating a lot less and you need to be kind of in shape. Don't be crazy fucking fat and then be bitching about estrogen issues or bitch tits or whatever, or a drug didn't work the way that it's supposed to work. That's because you didn't show us how fat you was. And I'm the classic example again of this whole, you need a bit of estrogen, of course. But if you're not fucking going crazy overdoing it on mega cycles, three, four grams a week of this and that, and you have a God knows what else, then you shouldn't be crushing the fuck out of it. You should have a little bit going on. And again, it's to do with whether you're super in shape or not. We're talking about you being a little bit out of shape. When you're doing a bit of a bulk, you didn't have your belly fat hanging over your belt buckle. You just don't see your abs. And now we're talking about shredding down. And so obviously that's going to affect the ratios of testosterone to estrogen and so on and so forth. But don't be crazy out of shape, overweight, fat motherfuckers to begin with. Start your diet today and then do the research as per this podcast to get yourself in the shape for when you come to be shredded. Steve's touched upon the occasion. I mean, I'm, 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 and again, this is way more of an issue when you do get lean. But then I've touched upon this in other shows, Steve, when I've said, the truly lean can tell you just how uncomfortable being super, super ripped, super, super shredded is. It is not a comfortable place to be. I suspect that 90, 95% of our listeners are not trying to be that kind of shredded where they can't walk around without putting slippers on because it is so goddamn uncomfortable because they are so lean, where they are literally covered in blankets, Steve, because they are so ripped that they are freezing fucking cold even in the summertime. That ain't going to happen. What you're looking for is a six-pack, a little bit of a definition on your chest, a little bit of definition on your arms, looking good on the beach, but, of course, still in a lot better shape than everybody else. So, for example, and I've touched upon this that Steve just talked about, the whole windstroll drying out your joints. Yes, 
absolutely. Steve's described it perfectly, how it felt. I think he described it on another show that we did. It was almost like a crinkling sensation. You could literally feel it was like a creaking, crinkling sensation of the joints. And and that was kind of weird. And it can be a little bit off-putting. But again, it's kind of the price that you pay. You're using Winstroll because you want to get into shape. You want to look good. You want to look better than everybody else that's going to be on that beach, walking down the park, tanning in the sunshine. You want the girls to go, what the fuck is that? Come over and say hi. You're going to have to work your asses off. So there's a little bit out there for you. It dries out the joints. It's specifically, and I've touched upon this as a theory, is kind of lessening of the synovial fluid, the lubricant around the joint. So it's still some in there, but it's less than before. It's pulling fluid out from your body. It's pulling fluid out from your joints. It's kind of uncomfortable. So make sure that you've got your healthy fish oils and healthy fats that are still in the diet, even if it's a lower percentage than before, in order for you to get shredded. You're manipulating your macros there, right? And then, as I said, again, look, extremes of behavior and extremes of even these kind of arguments as to what works, what doesn't work, estrogen ratios, testosterone ratios, and so on and so forth. The reality of the situation is thus. Again, 90, 95% of our listeners will probably fall into a certain range for heights, a certain range for muscular body weight, and a certain range for fat. Okay? But there will be extremes. Someone who's 50 or 60 pounds overweight is going to have a lot more work to do, diet, cardio, and PEDs, than someone that's only 15 or 20 pounds overweight. Someone that's kept himself in reasonable shape in the wintertime is going to find it a lot easier to get into shape. And then you've got specific individual responses to PEDs and doses and so forth. So what we tend to do with these arguments, and for the purpose of these podcasts, is we will generalize a little bit. We will say this is what worked for an enormous amount of people in our own personal experience. This is the kind of shape that you need to be in already, and so on and so forth. If you're of an extreme end, super lean already or super fat already, you're going to need to adjust the numbers and adjust the ratios and get your head around that stuff. And again, there's always going to be someone on the internet arguing. I've been there. I'm sure Steve has. We've gone out there and sort of let people know what we think. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are 100% right all the goddamn time. We just push in sometimes for the sake of discussion, for the sake of debate, and seeing if the other person knows what they're talking about rather than making a complete black and white statement when it comes to testosterone and estrogen and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you need some, but you don't want too much. No, you don't have to have testosterone as a base for a cycle, and so on and so forth. And sometimes those answers can seem extremely black and white when they don't need to be, Steve. And again, again, this is it. it what works for me or works for Steve as an individual does not necessarily work for the majority of listeners. So the information today that we present to you, including product pushing on Genesa Pharma, is for everybody. Let's talk about stacking now, Steve. Come up yeah. with some suggestions of your own. Let me know. Yeah, let me get a couple, um, and then you can do a couple. So uh, first of all, the flexibility of Primo versus Winstrol. Very, very important to understand because Winstrol, much shorter half-life. Primo, it's a N and theta ester, longer half-life. So Winstrol, if things aren't going your way, you don't like the pumps that you're getting from it. Um, and, you know, the tip, I'll give you a tip right now, taurine. Use a product with taurine or get taurine, and that will help with the pumps. But even with taurine, the pumps are going to be pretty bad. You don't like the joint issues. You can always lower the dose of Winstrol or just cut it off entirely. So you're more flexible with Winstrol than you are Primo. Um, because Primo has a long answer. It's going to take longer to be out of your system. Winstrol will be out of your system much quicker. In, in, in less than a week, it'll be out of your system. You see? So anyway, when it comes to stacking, um, one of the more popular shredding stacks, if you react really well to Trend, would be Trend and Winstrol. Or you could do the Trend with Primo. So in that case, let's let's start with Trend and Winstrol. Winstrol, 25 milligrams. I've done this stack myself. 25 milligrams of Winstrol. It's a conservative dose. You can go to 50. You can go to 50. But the side effects between 25 and 50 when you're stacking with trend is huge. It's a huge, huge disparity. Keep that in mind. So I personally, when I'm stacking trend, I like to go 25 milligrams of Winstrol. And I'll go 250 to 300 with trend a week. So GP has a couple of options for you when it comes to trend. 
They have the GP Trend Ace 100, 100 milligram milliliter. And they have the GP Trend E 200 milligram milliliter. So either way would re work really good. Same thing with Primo. Um, in this case, I would run the train a similar dose, 250 to 300 area. No reason to go much higher. Of course, if you're more advanced, more experienced, you can always test the limits and run a little more. And then with the Primo, I'd go ahead and run about 400 milligrams a week of the Prima. Keeps it, you know, kind of within the realm of injecting. And of course, a good trick is you can mix the Primo and the trend in the same syringe, this would cut down on injection. So you could add one cc of Primo with one cc of trend in the same syringe and go ahead and pin. That would cut down on the amount, uh, the number of pinning you'd have to do. So those are really good for shredding if you react well to trend. Some of you don't react well to trend. Some of you have really bad side effects on trend. Some of you blow it up on trend. Some of you blow up, gain a lot of mass on trend. It may not be the shredder for you. But those of you who shred up really, really well on trend, you will love stacking trend with Winshaw. A lot of competitors, as Mobster knows, a lot of competitors, pro bodybuilders, the Zeke competitors, they will use these types of stacks. And if you want to be really aggressive, you could do all three. You could do trend, Winstrol, and Primo at those dosages that I laid out. And that would be a hell of a stack. I mean, that would be a hell of a shredder stack. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine. I've never done, I've never done that before myself. I've run Winstrol and Trend. I've run Primo and Trend, but I've never run all three. So that would be a really nice one. Those of you salivating out there who really want to take it to the next level, that could be an option for you. Mobster, what do you got? Do you know, Steve, I'm thinking of a couple of things here. Um, I'm, I'm a strength guy, so... I'm thinking, and I'm just going to give you some numbers here. Using the uh, Geneza Prima 100, I'm thinking four to 600 milligrams a week. I was always, in my own personal preference, err uh, on the lower amount. But we know that 100 a day wasn't uncommon. But I'm again, still keeping it relief that because we're using it as part of a stack. So four to 600 milligrams of the Prima, 300 to 350 milligrams a week of the Winstrol, and I'm going to throw in a little bit of anavasti only because I like to maintain that level of strength. And here's the thing that sometimes happens, guys, when you're dieting, when you're getting shredded, and I said it earlier on, perfectly normal to lose a little bit of muscle, but we want to hold on to as much as possible. And the same thing applies to strength. How cool would it be to be strong and muscular, ripped and shredded? Something else I thought about, Steve, would be an EQ. And again, I'm thinking of the total amounts here. So sticking me by four to 600 on the Prima, 300 to 350 to Winstro. I'm going to throw in EQ at 200 to 300 milligrams a week. And again, I'm giving a bit of ratios here, guys, because my personal preference would be to err uh, for the lower amount. So for example, 400 Prima, 300 Winstro, and 200 EQ. That's only 800, 900 milligrams a week versus those of you that like to creep over a gram, a little bit over a gram total per week. And for me, what about time, Steve? Because we haven't really said about how long. Okay, so you have, as we record this podcast, I'm going to say at least 10 to 12 weeks before the sun really gets going, right? So that's perfect in my mind, actually, Steve, especially for an injectable cycle as the time scale. And in fact, here's something I'm going to throw in, and we'll talk about the tips and stuff towards the end of the show. Start your diet and your cardio now. Listen to this show for research, put together your Geneza Pharma stack, and then run the stack for those 10 to 12 weeks. By the end of the 10 to 12 weeks, as we record this show, it's early February still, Steve. So that gives you March, April, right into May. May's when the sun starts to come out properly. Definitely t shirt with her, and you will be the first one in shape. So that's perfect. What about length of cycle for you, Steve, overall? How, how much time do you think it takes a person to get truly shredded? So with the Primo, you really want to push 10 to 12 weeks because it's an end-date ester. You want to give it a chance to work in this, to build up in the system. It's going to take four, five, six weeks to really start peaking. So you want to push 10 to 12 weeks. And a lot of guys will say run it longer. I'm all about recovery. In the long run, you will get more results in a healthier body by keeping your cycles 12 weeks or less. I don't care. Okay, if it takes a steroid weeks to build up in your system, 
Yeah, agreed. I'd rather you recover properly. That's going to help you in the long run. These other steroids that we're talking about, Tren comes in an NFA ester, but even Tren hits you like a ton of bricks. So there's really no need to run the Tren that long. I would cap Tren at eight weeks, no matter what. Winstrol, I would cap Winstrol at seven or eight weeks, no matter what. Even down to six weeks, it's very liver toxic. Okay, so I'm talking about when it comes to length, push the envelope a little bit, but I'm, I'm thinking more of max, max links. If you're doing a contest, if you're trying to look good for the beach, trying to look good for a vacation, time your cycles to where you're going to be peaking around the time you go. This yes. way you can look shredded. If you're getting pictures done, if you have a wedding, whatever, you want to make sure that you're timing it where you're giving yourself enough time for the steroids to do their work and, and you're going into it. So it really Let depends. me jump in here for a second here, Steve. I've, I've said this on other shows, and in fact, I've given this advice in person to people, and I'm thinking specifically of my local gym and users, right? You're listening to this show because you are sensible listeners and you're doing your research. I touched on this earlier on as well. Do not, and this is a big do not, mobsterism, if you like, Leave it to the last fucking minutes and do a rush job. I don't want no motherfuckers going, oh, I've got six weeks to a wedding, six weeks to the beach, four weeks. Come on, guys. So this is a, this, this is a tips at the end of the show, okay? Right. Plan now. Start your progress in the gym now. Start thinking about cutting and shredding now. Get up your cardio now. Clean up your diet now. Get your fucking Genesa products together 12 weeks is the maximum. You can stagger the way that we talked about this already. If wind strike is going to be that much of an issue, it doesn't have to be there right at the beginning, Steve. And in fact, your cardio and your condition gets on. As Steve said, again, trends a hell of a drug, but it can, be, it can feel toxic, and I wouldn't want to run that for 12 weeks ever. I'd much prefer to run that for a short period of time. Competition stacks are different from getting shredded for the beach and require different phases. So some of what we've talked about here in terms of getting the shape still applies to competition, as it did when we were talking about Arnold earlier on. But there would be different phases. A competition that can easily be 16, sometimes 20 weeks, Steve. And the other issue with the 12 weeks as well that Steve said earlier, which I love, is the idea that you do a shredder now, you stay in shape for the summertime, and then you start thinking about something else for the autumn slash winter. That gives you two big cycles. You can do eight weeks as well, six weeks, four weeks for all rules. We know that that argument's been made. Cardio. Do stuff that you're going to do. Don't do the stuff you're going to hate. So I would rather get out and do my steps every day, fast-paced early morning stuff before breakfast, fasted cardio. I'd much rather be trail walking up a mountain, getting that kind of stuff in. Hell, go down to the beach if you can, Steve. Cardio on sand's a killer. Yeah, stuff like that. Throw a few techniques and chips in for yourself, Steve, before we finish. So let me just say, you know, uh, cardio, fasting, these are all tools. If you listen to this podcast, you know about them already. I've, I've talked about them. Fasted cardio, combining both. Fasting, cardio, great. Combining fasted cardio, even better. But keep in mind on these steroids, you have to adjust things. On trend, trend is very difficult to fast on. It's a nutrient, potent nutrient partitioner. It'll, it's like a sponge in your muscles. So if you go, if you fast for long periods, if you're not spreading out your carbs, you'll deal with a lot of symptoms and side effects. So it's going to be very hard to fast when you're doing trend. Keep that in mind. So if you like to do a lot of fasting, then you, you don't want to use trend. When it comes to Winstrol, what I talked about earlier, the pumps are absolutely nasty on Winstrol. So if you like to do a, a lot of cardio, a lot of long distance running, even run a mile or two miles, do a sprint, whatever, it's going to be hard to do that on Winstrol. So you have to adjust the way you do your fasting, the way you adjust your cardio, the way you do your training on these steroids. So if you don't want to adjust things, then stick to more of a Primo, Equipoise, maybe even Anabar, as a mobster mentioned, Stay away from more trend and winstrol for the shredding. But if you can, if you're experienced enough to adjust things and you do your fasting, you know, really, really on point, and you do your cardio really, really on point around the trend, it's the dangerous thing about trend mobster, if you live in a hot climate like I do and you sweat, 
you lose a lot of fluids and it makes it hard on training because your body's already hot and dehydrated. So if you sweat or you throw up or any of those things on trend, it will be a miserable, miserable experience. And you really could put yourself and in, in, get yourself into trouble on it. So this is why it's very, very important to realize that you have to, that's kind of my tip and trick. You have to adjust things if you're going to use these, these types of steroids. All right. So look, it was a great show. Um, we really hope you guys had, you know, uh, a lot of tips on this. So I'm going to take it over to Mobster. Mobster, take us a disclaimer. Please note, we're not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic and podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.